It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Many self-help resources focus on the step-by-step process of goal setting, but very few focus on what comes after a goal is achieved. According to today's guest, Alan Stein Jr., if you want to remain a champion, you must level up what you did to become a champion. Alan joins us today to discuss how the highest performers in sports and business have been able to create long-term success. Alan is a basketball performance coach who spent more than 15 years working with high-performing athletes. He served as a consultant for Nike Basketball, Jordan Brand, and the McDonald's All-American Game. Alan is the author of the book, Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation, and Beat Burnout. Welcome, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Alan, many people today feel burned out, and they're really not enjoying what they do. What do you believe has happened to make people feel this way? Burnout was certainly on the rise prior to the global pandemic, uh, and we've only seen that you know exponentially been heightened over these past two years. And and ultimately, burnout is, is caused in two different ways. Um, one is from lack of self care and and from lack of making the time to refill your own bucket mentally, physically, and emotionally, so that 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 you're charged up and ready to be your best self. Uh, and, and that's easy to fall into. You know, I, I know um, people wear many hats and have many roles in their lives and, and work being only one of them. And they feel, often feel uh, pulled in several different directions. Um, and, and usually when that happens and they feel like they just simply don't have enough time in the day, one of the first things to go uh, is that focus on self-care. Um, but the other is uh, simply a misalignment between the hours they're putting in at work and their fulfillment and their sense of purpose at work. You know, if, if you're logging a lot of hours and you're making tons of sacrifices, which I know so many people are, uh, if your work, if you don't feel your work is meaningful, uh, if you don't feel you're making a contribution, uh, if, if your work no longer fascinates you, um, that's when burnout will start to rear its, its head. So it's, it's not just the long hours, although that is part of it. It's feeling fully aligned with the work that you're doing. So then there's a direct correlation between loving what you do and being successful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the the best pieces of advice I ever received, I'm incredibly grateful. I received very early in my life. I was a teenager uh, and a mentor said to me, um, Alan, you need to find what it is that you're passionate about, you know, what you love to do. uh, And you need to find what it is that you're naturally pretty good at, you know, where your talents and your gifts lie. And then you need to see where those two points intersect. And that point of intersection of, of your passions and your talents uh, will be your strength zone. And, and he said the, the more time you can invest in your strength zone, uh, not only will you perform at a higher level, but you'll actually uh, feel more fulfilled and have much more enjoyment uh, in your work as well. And, and I've used that as kind of my North Star throughout my career. 
is trying to find the intersection between something I love and something I'm, I'm pretty good at. And, and that's certainly what I would recommend uh, for everybody listening. And, and I realize that, you know, if you, you find yourself um, in a job or working for an organization and you don't quite feel aligned, you don't quite feel passionate about your work, and you don't necessarily think you're utilizing, um, you know, your, your skills to the best of your ability, uh, you don't have to just rip it off like a Band-Aid and, and completely jump ship and try to start something new. Uh, you can start to make uh, slight uh, and tiny incremental pivots and changes to hopefully course correct. But yes, at the end of the day, I think the only way we can do our best work and live our best lives is if we're doing work that we're passionate about and enjoy. And I think that's such great advice, Alan, because so many people I know, they hate what they do. I mean, it's just like they're they're going through this grind for a paycheck and they're miserable. And, you know, they if you say to them, well, why don't you change? They're like, where am I going to go? I, you know, I have to support my family. So that really is great advice that you don't have to rip it off like a Band-Aid. You can do this gradually. For sure. And, I, and please know, I have absolutely nothing but the utmost love, empathy, and compassion uh, for anybody in the scenario that you just described. And I know there are millions of people uh, that feel that way. And, and, and my goal uh, when working with folks like that um, is to help empower them and let them know that they actually have more freedom of choice than they may believe, and they actually have more power over their own destiny and power over making these changes than they, they may believe. And, and yes, uh, I understand that if, if you're working paycheck to paycheck and you have a family to support, that you can often feel caged in and trapped uh, by your job. And you realize, well, if I were to, to hand in my two weeks notice today, you know, what would I do to earn a living? And, and once again, uh, you don't have to go that route and be that, that drastic, but you do want to put some sense of urgency on it. And, and there are steps you can take to slowly start expanding um, what you're looking for and, and find uh, a job that you think would be much more suitable, uh, that you would enjoy more, and, and you can slowly work towards that. And, and I think just the concept of having a plan and a strategy in place, even if it was going to take you a year to fully make the transition into another career, just having that as the North Star and that light at the end of the tunnel, I think would actually give you more optimism and hope and would make your current work a little bit more palatable. You know, if, if you're not viewing it as a life sentence, but viewing it as, all right, I don't love my job at present, but it's a temporary stepping stone to get me to the job that I actually will enjoy. Uh, I think that, that, that helps immensely. And that's what I want, you know, to, to recommend folks to do. And the other thing is it also has to do with what it is that we prioritize. You know, if, if you only prioritize uh, the money that you make, that's what can often, you know, you feel like, uh, that you're not enjoying the job or the fulfillment. If you actually make the goal of your work uh, the joy and the fulfillment, then the paycheck and the money actually just becomes a byproduct of that. And, you know, uh, again, I just don't want folks to feel trapped in whatever situation they're not in because I'm a huge believer that, you know, uh, to the best of my knowledge, life is rather short and we only get one go at this thing uh, and we might as well spend it doing things that we consider meaningful and, and really fill our own buckets. Alan, do you think that sometimes we stay stuck in those situations because of the way we feel about ourselves, that we don't have the confidence or the self-belief that we can go on and do something else? Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad you went in that direction. That's such an, an insightful thought. Um, yeah, lack of self-belief and lack of self-confidence, and to take it a couple layers even deeper, is, is, is this 
rather common unconscious feeling that that we're not worthy and that we don't deserve some of these better things in life. And that's, you know, a, a good portion of the reprogramming that I've tried to do with my own self. Um, you know, I, I want to certainly go on record and say um, with everything that I'm sharing with you right now in this lovely conversation and everything that I've shared in my book and I share from stage in my keynotes, I'm not speaking from a place of mastery. These are all things that I am still working on myself. Now, I'm, I'm proud of the progress that I've made in recent years. Uh, I'm excited and optimistic about the path that I'm on. Um, but, but, you know, I still struggle with these things and, and have the same challenges and adversities uh, as everybody else does. And, and, and with the example that we've been talking about, you know, life is hard and there are always going to be challenges and adversities. So I figure if that's going to be true, then I might as well face them doing things that I enjoy versus things that I don't, which is why I encourage folks to make this pivot. But um, I, I believe wholeheartedly that self-confidence and self-belief and self-worth are things that can be developed. You know, it's not like, it's not like eye, color, eye color. You know, you're either born with a trait or you're not. You know, so for anyone listening right now, um, if you don't have a very high sense of self, you know, self-belief or self-confidence or self-worth, that's okay. I know that's not a great feeling, and as I said before, I have nothing but empathy and compassion for you, um, but you are not stuck there unless you choose to be stuck there. There are steps you can take to improve your self-confidence, and, and self-confidence and self-belief and self-worth, uh, they, they come from three primary areas. Uh, one, they come from, from keeping the promises you make to yourself, like keeping, keeping your own word. You know, if you say that you're going to get up at a certain time, then get up at a certain time. If you say that you're going to start focusing on your physical fitness and wellness and eating better, then do those things. And you don't have to be perfect in doing them, but you want to try to keep your word to yourself. And when you start doing that consistently, your self-confidence will, will increase. Uh, another area that we build self-confidence is, is through demonstrated performance. Uh, and most of this is during the unseen hours. So putting in the work and putting in the repetitions when no one else is watching and actually feeling and increasing your sense of competency uh, will, will also lead to self-confidence. And then the third leg to that stool um, is, is in the conversations you have with yourself, you know, the self-talk. And I want to encourage everyone, and this is something I've really had to work on in my own life, is to be as kind and compassionate with yourself as you would be with a friend or a loved one. You know, lots of times uh, we can be our own worst enemy that when we make a mistake or we have a lapse in judgment or something doesn't go well, we tend to be very self-critical and we pile on the criticism uh, and the shame and the guilt, and that only weighs us down further. If you can learn to be as compassionate and forgiving as you would be with a, a friend or a loved one, if you can talk that way to yourself, that's another way that you can help improve your, your self-confidence and self-worth. An excellent exercise. One of the first things I learned to do when I started doing this work was to monitor my self-talk. Because, you know, these mm. thoughts go through your mind and you're not even aware of them. But when you start to pay attention and you listen to the way you speak to yourself, you, you recognize that you would never talk to another human being the same <laughs> way you talk to yourself. Oh, you're so right on that. And that's, and that's such a powerful um, way to, to reframe that and, you know, e even take it a step further, not even just with, with our adult friends, but, you know, I'm, I'm the proud father of three children. I have 12 year old twin sons and a 10 year old daughter. And, you know, I think, you know, how, how do I speak to my children when they're scared or they're worried or they're anxious 
or they're upset. You know, maybe they, they lost the basketball game or maybe they didn't get a good grade on a test or, you know, like I, I try and think of how do I treat my own children when they're feeling down? And the answer is, you know, I, I lead with and parent them with love and, and, you know, unconditional love and compassion and empathy. And I do everything I can to be supportive of them and to encourage them. And that's the same way that I need to speak to myself, you know, that when I'm upset or I'm frustrated or I'm, you know, uh, fill in the blank with any of those emotions, uh, I need to learn to speak to myself the same way that I would approach my children. And, and once again, uh, I'm not perfect with that, but I've made really good progress over the last few years. Um, and now I have a level of awareness where I catch myself if I'm not talking to myself in an empowering and supportive way. And, you know, with everything that you and I are discussing, awareness is always the first step. Uh, you will never improve something you're oblivious to, and you will never fix something you're unaware of. So uh, I want folks listening right now to know just an awareness that you don't love your job, like a conscious awareness that you don't love your job is actually a big step because so many people go through life um, with a very numb feeling. Like they're, they're just, they're just kind of on the, you know, the hedonic treadmill and they're just going through life and, and they're just numb. They don't even realize, you know, the, the dissatisfaction that they have in their work and in their life. So just being aware of it is actually a major first step because now that you're aware of it, you can take steps to change. Same thing with self-talk. You know, a good portion of the people that talk negatively to themselves aren't even aware that they're doing it and don't realize that they have a choice to change that. They just think that is an automatic default setting. Uh, and, and as you and I know, it's not. Alan, you've worked with some of the biggest names in sports. What do these athletes practice? Is there something you can share with us that has gotten them to this level? Absolutely. Well, there's two things that jump out immediately. Uh, the first, and this is a lesson I learned directly from the, the late, great Kobe Bryant, uh, and he said something to me that changed my life forever. And he said, the best never get bored with the basics. And that in order for you to not only perform at a high level, but to also have a high sense of self and fulfillment, that you need to work towards mastery of the fundamentals um, on a regular basis, especially during the unseen hours. Now, in a game like basketball, uh, the fundamentals of the game are shooting, passing, rebounding, defending, and handling the ball. Uh, it's your footwork. It's your shooting mechanics. So if you want to be really good at the game of basketball, then you consistently work on those skills and those fundamentals. Uh, for everyone listening that's not an NBA player, which I would assume is most of your listening audience, you need to ask yourself, what is the area that I'd like to elevate my performance? Uh, maybe it's very specific you know, to your vocation. You know, you're, you're a sales professional and you want to sell at a higher level. Uh, maybe you want to up-level your marriage and have a more connected, uh, you know, intimate relationship with your spouse. Well, whatever it is you're trying to improve, um, you need to figure out what are the basic building blocks and what are the fundamentals of this that I need to focus on and I need to work towards. And, you know, whether it's being a sales professional or you're trying to improve your marriage, you could easily come up with three, four, five, six different fundamentals that you believe, if practiced consistently, will allow you to perform at a higher level. And once you've you've crystallized that, then you need to respect the process and you need to work on those things as consistently as you can. And if you do so, I mean, it's, it, I say with a huge smile, it's, it's almost like magic. You'll, you'll start to see drastic improvement in that area just by refocusing your lens on the fundamentals. And 
the other area that unites high performers, whether in basketball, business, or anything in between. Um, and this, this actually piggybacks nicely on what we were talking about before from a confidence standpoint, is they blend confidence with humility. Uh, they earn the right to be confident because they've put in the work and the practice to deserve confidence, and they've done the three things that I mentioned before, but they brush that with constant humility, and humility is what allows us to stay open to coaching, is what allows us to stay open to feedback, it's what allows us to uh, continue to grow and improve because we realize no matter how good we are in any area of life, we can always make improvements and we can always get better. So even if you are the, the top sales professional at your, your organization, uh, you can still get better. Even if you have an incredibly loving and, and connected relationship with your spouse, you can still make that an even deeper connection um, you know, if, you're, if you're open to making those changes. And that all starts with humility. So I would say never getting bored with the basics and marrying confidence with humility are, are two traits that unite all high performers, regardless of industry. Alan, what are your thoughts on some of the time drains that we have? I mean, if, if you ever talk to someone who said, you know, oh, I went on Facebook and two hours later, I'm still there. If we were able to take that time that we're wasting, what would we be able to do with our lives? Oh, I, I love the way that you frame that because, you know, time is finite. I mean, we it's finite on a macro level as far as you know, none of us know how long we're going to be walking this earth. I mean, if certainly you can hedge your bet and you can take really good care of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally, and statistically, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't live to 80, 90, maybe even 100 years old. But we all know that that is not common. Every single one of us knows someone uh, whose time expired um, unexpectedly early and, and prematurely. So on a macro level, you know, we don't know how much time we have. Uh, on a micro level, you know, uh, most of us deal in the day-to-day. So we know, for the most part, we're given 24 hours in a day. And the goal should be to get the most out of that 24 hours. Now, when I say the most out of this 24 hours, I am not espousing the hustle culture and the grind 24-7, and you should be working all of the time. I'm saying that in that 24 hours, you want to, to picture it almost like a pie chart. And you want to divide that pie chart uh, accordingly so that it is in alignment with your core values and beliefs. Um, so if you look at that pie chart and say, okay, you know, I need roughly eight hours of, of quality sleep in order to recharge my internal battery and be my best self. Great. Well, that leaves you with 16 hours. Uh, and then if, you know, if your chosen field of work, whether you're self-employed or you work for someone else, um, you know, maybe that's another eight, sometimes nine or 10 hours that need to be devoted to that. And that's another sliver of the pie. And then, you know, maybe you're choosing to uh, have another piece of the pie devoted towards your relationships, you know, maybe with your significant other or your children or family or friends. So that's another sliver. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of making sure there is a sliver of pie de- devoted towards self-care, um, whether that's, you know, something for your mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual well-being, but you are carving out time to fill your own bucket and nourish your soul. So uh, maybe that's taking up Peloton class or uh, reading a book or you know, listening to a podcast or making time to have coffee with a loved one, but you're, there's a sliver of pie that's devoted towards self. And what I found, if you put the big pieces on first, which is what I just mentioned, then any discretionary time that's left over is yours to do with what you please. And, and I would say that with no judgment. I mean, if, if you're getting adequate sleep and you have very strong connected relationships 
and you are devoting time to your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being, and you are pouring into your work because you really enjoy your work and feel, you know, get fulfillment from that. If you do all of those things, and you have a couple hours left over, and you choose to, to binge-watch a couple episodes of Yellowstone on, on Netflix, that's totally fine. But what happens is most people do the reverse. They allow things to steal their time um, that they don't consider as meaningful. And, and you just said one of the biggest culprits, which is social media and the Internet, you know, they find themselves going down the rabbit hole of Facebook or YouTube, and then they binge watch something on Netflix. And, you know, next thing you know, they don't think there's enough time in the day to get sleep, to have fulfilling relationships, to keep up with their physical fitness and wellness, uh, to pour into their work. And, and it's, it's simply uh, it's almost an illusion because they've just filled, you know, they filled the pie with the wrong slivers first. So I found that if you take control of your time and your energy and focus on and put the things on your calendar that mean the most to you first based on your core values, that's the best way to, to, to make the most of the time that we have. Helen, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is a complaint that many of them have. They'll, they'll say something like, I've been doing this for 10 years, I work all the time, I have a great service that I offer, and yet I'm just not able to get to that next level. Why can't I earn the money I should be earning? Or why is my business not where it should be? What do you find is usually at the root of a problem like that? Well, those are wonderful questions to ask. And once again, uh, parlaying on what I said earlier, that shows a certain level of self-awareness. And I actually commend someone for being able to ask themselves those questions. And, and I know that it, 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 it may not feel good that if you feel like you're stuck or you feel like you can't get to that next level or you're stagnating, it's not necessarily a good feeling, but I want them to see the silver lining in the fact that you at least are uh, aware of it. And one of the first steps, and that's why I love the way that you, you framed those questions, one of the very first steps is to have a, a mindset of extreme ownership and holding yourself fully accountable to everything that goes on in your life. You know, one of the easiest um, defaults that most people go, go to when things are not going well is a trilogy of behaviors that not only undermines performance, but undermines our sense of fulfillment. And that is blaming, complaining, and making excuses. Um, so if you feel like your business um, is not where it should be, or if you're working for a, a, another organization and you feel like you haven't been promoted or, or climbing that quote-unquote ladder at the rate you feel you deserve, the worst thing you can do is blame, complain, and make excuses. It is to skirt responsibility and say, well, you know, the reason I can't get to the next level is because of the economy, or the reason I can't get to the next level is because this person doesn't like me or, or whatever. So um, while there is certainly no shortage of valid reasons that could come up, the key is holding yourself fully accountable and saying, okay, what am I in control of and how can I level that up to get where I want to be? So um, holding yourself fully accountable. And uh, what, what I like to say is simply do the best you can with what you have where you are. That, you know, if, if you can make that promise to yourself, then you will continue to grow and escalate and develop. Um, we do not control the outer world. You know, we don't control uh, life circumstances or events. We don't control what other people say or what other people do. So if you put too much focus on the outer world, it will start to erode your inner world. And your inner world is your mindset, your attitude, your perspective. Uh, and we want that to come from, come from within. So one of the things that I've been very conscious of working on in my own life is making sure that the outer world doesn't dictate my inner world, that 
regardless of what goes on around me, I'm going to decide how I choose to show up and the progress that I make. And just so your listeners don't think I, I live in a fantasy land or I've completely lost my marbles, I'm by no means implying that the things that go on in the world uh, are to your liking. I'm not implying that they're your preference. I'm not implying they're necessarily good. And I'm definitely not implying that they don't have an impact. I mean, there's no question, depending on, on how the economy is doing, that can absolutely have an effect on, on someone's business. I mean, we all saw firsthand that the, the COVID pandemic uh, had a direct impact on certain industries in particular, you know, specifically the hospitality industry. So I'm not saying these things don't have an effect. What I'm saying is we don't control any of those things. So anytime we spend blaming, complaining, or making excuses about them aren't going to move us forward. So we didn't control the global pandemic and, and all of the, you know, uh, lockdowns and quarantines and guidelines that came with it. But each of us controlled our response to those things. And that's where I want folks to put their focus on. So when you're asking yourself, why isn't my business going well or at the level that I believe it should, make sure that under that microscope, you are looking at the things that you have a direct impact and influence over. And those are the areas you need to, to change. If you just throw up your hands and say, you know, my business isn't doing good because of, and you know, fill in the blank, uh, because of the president or because of, uh, uh, of the economy or because of the pandemic, while those things may be valid and there may be truth behind them, that's not going to help you move any further along down the path. So learn to take complete ownership of everything in your life and don't focus on the events, but focus on your response to those events and make those responses as thoughtful and as intentional as you can. The book is Sustain Your Game, High Performance Keys to Manage Stress, Avoid Stagnation, and Beat Burnout. If you'd like to get more information about Alan and his work, you can visit alansteinjr.com, and that's J-R, alansteinjr.com. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a great conversation. Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you for asking such beautiful questions. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.